0: Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the Martech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which side today have Sylvain Giuliani, who is the head of growth at Census. Uh, based in the Bay Area. Um, first of all, Sylvain, uh, what is Census? What do you guys do, and what does the head of growth do at Census?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me here on this podcast, Elias. Uh, so, what does Census do? Well, Census basically allow data team and marketing team to connect tools like Marketo and Hotspot into the warehouse. Why they wouldn't want to do that? Well, it's essentially to be able to access the data that is in the warehouse without having to ask engineer to write code for them, maintain script, things like that. So it's like, in the data side, the data team is very happy because they don't have to write custom code and maintain those pipeline. And on the marketing side, once this is connected, they can self-serve all of that data without having asking a data team to write code for them, right? So, and why do, why do you want to do this? Well, we'll talk about that in a bit, but like, typically it's to send better email marketing, like email campaign, build audiences, things like that, using first party data. Uh, and so what do I do there? Well, I joined Census uh very at the early stage. I was on employee number six. The idea was to kind of like help them find like product market fit, get like the first 10 customers, the first hundred customers, and et cetera. Today at Census, what I really do is I lead all of the marketing um and growth team uh, with a focus of acquiring new customers, uh activating those customers, and upselling those customers uh, uh by supporting the sales team. Uh, oh, that that's me.
0: Cool. Well, I love to have a head of growth on the show, so very welcome, and I'm looking forward uh, to the chat that we're gonna have because we're gonna talk about data. Um, yes. w- what came to my mind when you ex- just explained what's what you guys do at sense is almost like it's like like a combination of a, an IPAS, um and a CDP. Is it, is that correct? Or
1: yeah, no, it, it's it's very it, it, it's very correct. Like it sits in this kind of intersection of like, hey. How do we? How can these two teams, two worlds collaborate, right? Because you know, as you know, marketing people, we are very eager to get our hands on data, right? Um, and 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 the main reason for that is like there's usually a dashboard somewhere, right? That says like, hey, you know, there's like five percent of our user, lead, customer, whatever you want to call those uh, those people, right? Uh, you said like hey five percent of those people are not doing the thing they're supposed to to do like you know activate or maybe they're churning or maybe they're not moving to the next stage into a funnel right and so as marketer we' also be like well who are those five who are those five five pe- percent people and how can I use marketing activities to get them to the next stage right so because of that marketing are always hungry for more data and I feel like that's kind of like one of the premise of CDP way back in the day was CDP the promises was like we're gonna put data at your fingertip, and you go, and the marketing as a as a as a unit, you're gonna own it all. Right, mm-hmm. like that's that was the 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 initial promise of a CDP. If you go back almost like ten years ago.
0: Okay, cool. So for the listeners that um, have not listened to any of other of our other podcasts, you know, we talked about CDPs and iPaaS, so uh, customer data platforms and integration platforms as a services. What 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 I meant to say there. Um, so. Um, so then, um the, the the data is is like the heart of the let's say commercial activities of every company at the moment especially in b2b and and e-commerce of course so um and you know to be honest with all the tools that we use and all the Data engines that we have—it's—it's it's very easy to mess that up. Just to have like a pile of data that is not structured. And I—I I learned to by listening to some of the interviews that you did on other podcasts and on your website that you're a big uh, fan of of getting the right data infrastructure in place. So explain mm-hmm. me what a data infrastructure architecture, what, what what that concept is, and why it's so important.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. I think uh the, the there's two there's two p- part of it, right? Like the first part is like you want to have a good data infrastructure to help service your customers. And so internal customers for a data team are gonna be marketing team, sales team, CS team, finance team, right? And so it's very much about like building a data infrastructure as a product for the benefit of your internal case, case, uh, stakeholders, right? And so that means a couple of things. It means having uh agility in a way of, like, responding to data requests quite quickly. Like, you know, not just like, hey, I would like this data Uh, done, Elias, and then you're like, well, I'll see you in three weeks. Like, you know, it's like very fast time to replace. So you want to have, like, a data infrastructure that have a lot of data inside, uh, like, uh, accessible to it, right? And so I think that's, like, from a technology point of view, like, most cloud data warehouses have solved that problem for the past, like, five, six years. You can store as much data as you want. It's very cheap because most of the time you're just going to pay Querying the data uh same thing with ingesting data i think technology-wise a lot of things have evolved uh in the past five to six years this solution like etl solution like five trend that are fully self-hosted or Airbyte, that are open source that you can literally you know click uh your way to success that you don't need to know anything about like you know data engineering like deploying software anymore everything is managed and you just have to worry about like i want my salesforce data i want my marketing data and I want to put it here. Same thing with like event tracking, like, you know, everything that I run, like click streams, uh behavioral event, whether it's on your website, in-app, on your, on uh, on mobile or other platforms. Like, you know, you have tons of solutions like segment that makes it very easy to track those things. You have G2, you have um, Snowplow. So a lot of the technology uh, complexity has been sold to essentially build this stack of like, hey, we have all of the data, right? And so the thing that's still missing, I would say from a technology's point of view, is like how do you how do you make sense of that data, right? Like this is where still the human is still very important. It's like that's why actually most data engineer data and they spend their time. It's like, you know, cleaning the data, transforming the data to make sense of the data, right? It's not because you have a, a click stream of like, hey, someone clicked across our app, uh, you know, like 200 times in your last two weeks that it makes sense. Like, you know, those people need to come in, aggregate that data. So instead of having like 200 clickstream, you really want to know like, hey, have they created a new document in our app in the last 30 days? Like that's really the the, the field that you want on your uh, model, right? And so that's what those teams are doing and they use technology like DBT that makes that their life easier. And so by putting all of those technology together, like it makes those teams very... Um, I hate using the word agile, but like very agile and very, uh, it makes it very easy for them to uh, reply to any data requests, right? And so I think that's like one of the big advancements that, that happened. Uh, I think from the second side, from a marketing team or revenue team point of view, like, you know, the data stack is just something that most companies have uh, already built in because you have like, you have those dashboards that are built on Looker, those BI dashboards that are built on Looker, Data Studio, Tableau, uh, you know, like Power BI, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. And and from a revenue team, what does that mean really? Is like the data is already there. The treasure trove is there. Like, you know, you don't have, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The only issue, it was like, it was always very difficult to access, right? Like uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening here, I send a Slack message, a Jira ticket, or similar to be like, hey, could you put a list of all the people who've done this thing? You can put a CSV file uh, in an email. That's okay. I, I know what to do with it. Like and mm-hmm. And that's like, that's still the thing that's stopping of the the team is like how do you interact that data and how do you self serve that data right like that's the thing is like the important thing of what is a modern data stack um uh, for, for for a company basically
0: absolutely absolutely so um as you as you already pointed out we marketers are using many tools like 30 to 40 uh tools yes. on on average um and that's why I said, you know, it's almost like an integration platform as a service. People mm-hmm. that's that's one of the yeah. things that is like really happening in 2023 is how to integrate all that stuff, how to use that data, visualize that in a in a in any kind of dashboarding software, like like you, you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um is there let's let's say um because on on one of the let's say interviews that, that I listened to and heard you speak on. You also had your thoughts on on CDPs, and and we had um, uh, someone from Treasury Data, some uh, like a couple of weeks ago. Listen to listen to that episode if you haven't. Yeah. But um, you you well the the thing we discussed over there as well in the in that episode is that like a CDP is not something you choose and then implement overnight. That takes mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Uh, it takes time to implement. It takes time to result to 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 see the results. So th- that could be one of the reasons why it's not suited for for everyone. Um, what what is your opinion on CDPs and and how they work?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think the, the the promises of a CDP is like what every marketing team wants, right? Like you know, I think there's like five, like you could call it like those five like five uh, four promises, right? Like so, one is obviously. The kind of like data stack story that I talked to you about is like, you know, I want a tool as a marketing team. I want a tool that allows me to collect as much data as possible without having to uh, interact too much with my engineering team. Like, you know, and so that's, I think, something that CDP actually do really well nowadays, like with like event tracking, uh, some sort of like et- like lightweight ETL or connection to. I pass connection to like your rest of your tool ecosystem, right? Like trying to bring all that data in CDP. I think that's like actually pretty good at that. But I was like one of the main promises, right? The second promise that they have, it was like, hey, we're going to help you build your customer 360, right? Like it's like, yeah, now that yeah. we have all the data, we're going to say like, this is Elias, like, you know, like that's that's like how much he spent with you. This is the activities he's done with you. And I think this is where the, the promise is starting to fall because to, to hope, to offer you this kind of, like, experience, like, we're going to help you build a customer 360 without very little code, the scope is very narrow. Like, they only allow you to do very uh, few things. Like, you know, they don't allow you to build uh, entities that is not related to a customer and company. Like, you know, no, no CDP allows you to model things like an invoices, for example, or, like, a concept of a team or over kind of, like, bespoke business objects, right? Because they mm. they are very narrow in scope. And so I think that's why line to uh to show cracks into their promises like uh that's that's another example right and same thing from a more like analyst transformation point of view like the, you can't run very complex query or you can't like run inside of like hey I want to do a regression analysis of our customers to understand who are the best customers and what what are the best action they they should be taking to become even better customers, things like that right so I think that's one part I think the second promise is like this kind of like Inside what I call the segmentation. So it's like, cool, I have all my data. I kind like of modeled it into like this beautiful customer 360 uh, profile, right? Or, or, or similar. And now it's like, how do I... Do more things like you know pred- prediction, as I, I just talked about before. Like you know, how do I segment those users? And so I think some CDP does that actually well, but they try to promise you the moon at, at across every level. Like you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're gonna help you do identity resolution. We're gonna help you build custom audience based on behavioral uh, event. We're gonna help you do scoring. Uh, you know, yada yada yada, right? And so again, they can't give you all of that. Usually, what you'll see is CDP vendors focus on one or two verticals, right? Like, you know, we are the best CDP for e-commerce tool. We are the best CDP for B2B enterprise company, right? Because they can't, like, offer you all of those blocks, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, the last one is, like, the kind of, like, what, what I would call, like, data activation promise of the CDP, right? And so this is, like, okay, cool. You have all your data, you have your customer 360, what can you do with them? And so some of them... Will just sync to a very few uh, sources, like, you know, that makes sense to their uh, target persona, whether it's like marketing team in B2C companies, things like that. Or some of them will go the extra mile and uh, maybe try to send emails, but they're not as good as like a brace solution, a marketer solution, depending on the mm-hmm. industry you so, so, overall, like, they try to do too many things. And because they they try to abstract a lot of complexity by not allowing to have codes, right? Like, it means that they, they do a lot of those jobs. Uh, I would say not poorly, but like have delivered, right? And yeah. you just heard me talk through all of those steps. And implementing all of that takes super time, right? And so a lot of time. And so one thing that I find like fascinating, for I did a couple of uh, a survey, couple of years back, right, about CDP, and you know only one percent of people who purchased a CDP were uh, completely satisfied with the CDP and that was meeting all of their needs that they had before purchasing a CDP, right? And I feel like that's like super telling uh of like the hey cdp is gonna solve my problem actually it's like walking in a desert like you know it's like takes so much time to implement to ultimately not getting all of the value that was promised upfront right so that's kind of like what i think about cdp i think what the outcome of a cdp are still something that every marketing wants but i think uh, the way to deliver those promises is actually breaking down uh, the responsibility across different tools that you can implement in, in different ways right and so that's kind of like what we call composable cdp uh nowadays as a trend uh, surfacing on the market uh, mm-hmm. i will pause that if you have any questions
0: absolutely no, no well that's that makes it uh, clear and it it shows some of the challenges that people have with uh with mm-hmm. cdps um what what would be your solution so let's say how would you because marketers want Want faster results, I would say, because they they're looking to do a campaign or to to do a specific uh, sprint in within a um, a project, and they just want to see results within weeks yeah. instead of months. So, what 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 kind of let's say solution would you propose for those marketers that want a faster solution? And maybe you can explain this by giving some examples.
1: I mean, I mean, obviously I will be biased because this is kind of like where census is super uh, helpful for these type of companies, right? But like I'll give you a couple of examples of our customers that, that came across. So you know they were dissatisfied with CDP that they previously purchased, right? And so what they what they realized, those marketing team and data team, right? They were like, well, we already have 80% of the data we, those marketing wants in our warehouse, right? Because we spent a year to build that uh, data stack to help us power our BI and reporting for our executive team because they want to know how many customers we have, what are our customers doing, like the behavior of our customer with our product, website, et cetera, right? And so, like, most of, our, most of those, this customer in question right, They they were here, and they were like, well, it looks like we are, already have the data. So how can we get what we already have and just move it to the tool that allows us to do what we want. And for them was like, they wanted to do omni-channel communication, right? And so they were using Brace, right? And so the marketing was like super familiar with Brace. They were using it uh, for a couple of years already. They know how to build campaign. They know how to to orchestrate the customer journey, right? Based on like top of of events or like, you know, uh, fields on the customer profile, right? And so what really was missing is like just, getting the data out of the warehouse into Brace, right? And so that's kind of like what census came into place. And so what happened is like after a two-week proof of concept uh, process, right? Like we took one of their use cases, which was very simple, was like they wanted to know um, the type type of purchase that they did inside their store, right? Uh, And then be able to uh like so it was like tagging the type of purchase so it was it like you know uh like clothes like was it accessory things like that right and then basically put that that uh, the type of purchase the amounts the timestamp and things like that being an of investor in um in brace and then send uh email and uh text message i think it was uh based on like the location based on offers that that store had right like something very simple right but like that data already existed and in two weeks they could take all the data in put in brace and actually orchestrate all that new campaign of like doing a a, a hyper-targeted local um, campaigns based based on like the past purchases, right? And so in two weeks, they had like that sorted. And then after that, you know, they could like continuing uh, getting more data to do even more uh, campaigns. And so now another thing that that specific customer is doing, right, is like it's taking all of those kind of like offline interaction and online interaction on the the e-commerce website, right, to build like retargeting campaign campaigns Based on those, uh, based on those behaviors, right? So it's like, hey, we still we know you're a super outdoor person. Uh, your purchase process looks like this. Uh, we're gonna retarget you based on like the upcoming promotion we have for like the you know spring of outdoor promotion or something like that. So they can start like bringing all the data. And again, all of that was done self serve because the data team already have all that data uh, into the warehouse, and the marketing team had already a campaign idea. And so one of the key feedback we got from them was like. Well, now that we have census, right, like it allows us to actually experiment a lot faster and the date, like the data aspect of our experimentation is on the blocker. Like we never go to a meeting be like, oh, that would be nice to run, but like we don't actually have the data. Like how are we going to get the data to do that segmentation? Like like that like that type of answer, like, uh, comment never comes back from the meeting, right? Uh, another good example of that, and, and this is kind of like what I advise when a company comes to census or ask me also sort to of census, like I can, like, how can I get started? I don't have a data team, you know, I don't have like, I don't invest like millions of dollars into a team or data stacks and things like that. I'm always say like, Hey, you probably have a, if you're a B2B company, you probably have a pricing structure. Like, you know, you, you price per seat, per usage base, per feature that they're using, things like that. Right. And, and that data, you know, because you charge people on it, it's pretty accurate. Like, you know, like you, you, you have, you have to know that data. Right. And so mm-hmm. what I always say is like, can't you just take that, like that pricing data and usage data around pricing and can you sell campaign a great campaign around it maybe it's like an email campaign to be like hey elias like looks like you're using feature a because you have the price like the usage data around the pricing for the pricing advice feature Mm -hmm. and like you can say like hey but you're not using feature b that you know is part of the next subscription plan for example right like like that's like the data is clean it's accurate and it's sitting somewhere in a warehouse or a database somewhere that you can connect sensors to, to get that data into your HubSpot, Marketo, Braze. Oh, th- tool this of is
0: super, super recognizable, I think, for SaaS marketers. You know, it's all mm-hmm. about adoption and everyone knows that if, if if you're a SaaS marketer, and we did a uh, an interview on SaaS marketing last week, but... Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're in SaaS, you know it's all about adoption. And if people are not using your product, in the end, they'll churn, right? So they will yep. cancel the subscription because they're not using it. And I've seen so many marketers and talked to so many marketers that actually don't know how to put those two together, right? They have insight into the usage so on one hand. They have like a spot yep. or Marketo or something on the other hand, but they don't know how to tie the two together. So this is a great example. Um, yeah. I'm looking uh, looking at time as well because we're we're almost through our 20 minutes. But um, one of the things that I would like to ask you is like um, you already hinted towards a timeline, so uh, like a, a month or two or, or a week or two that you saw the first results. So
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: pretty fast. What what kind of investments are looking are are B2B and and marketers looking at um, when they start doing this? I don't know. I don't have to hear like a specific number, but how is this charged? Is this like a uh, is this like a monthly fee, or is there like a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a a per usage, or how 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 does this work?
1: Yeah. So the way we charge things that at Census is pretty straightforward. We have I mean, we have a transparent public page. Where people can go to get census slash pricing. Uh, but we essentially charge monthly or annual base. And the unit of what we charge you on is the amount of destination field that you uh, that you have. We call it destination fields like, hey, if you take the example of the pricing usage that we just gave, let's say we have brief matrix field, which is like you know usage of feature X last thirty days, and you're gonna sync that to your HubSpot, that's gonna count towards like your uh, allocation of one destination field because you're updating a field in a destination, right? Yeah. Like which is HubSpot in this case. Whether you update that field for like. 10 user or 10 million user we don't charge you based on on um on the volume of user you have because we feel like the value that you get between syncing 10 users or 10 million is the same like right? once you start syncing data you'll get ton of value uh you can start for free we have a free, free plan you know that come included with 50 destination field that should get you enough to get started experiment with like one or two use cases usually uh the limitation there on the free plan is like you can only have one user on your account which you know is completely fine for most people uh and then you can only have one data source so like one warehouse or one database as a source mm-hmm. uh but like that's basically the the main limitation i mean this this feature that is not accessible on the free plan but i, I think it doesn't stop you to get started like no. things like you know we, we enrich. Uh, your customer in your warehouse, for example, that's like a paid feature that we have. So if you want to enrich your, like your user data uh, with like ClearBit data or Apollo, we allow you to do that. But like that's part of the pay plan. But today people can go on a website, start for free on the free plan. We have a 2 week trial that unlocks every feature in the app uh so you can get the full experience. Uh or also you can you know book a demo with our uh Thinking your team and they can you know work for you, walk you through like how to implement your use case and uh, and so any of your technical questions too. cool uh, really so love
0: yeah. it and i think you know for the marketers that are um if, for who this is new i think this is something you're going to encounter shortly because all marketers currently need to integrate stuff they need to have access to different sources need to combine those sources visualize those or put, or, or generate campaigns based on that so um i'll put a link to to your website Uh, Sends us in the show notes as well as a link to your LinkedIn profile, Sylvain. And um, with that, I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Sylvain, Giuliani. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum@marketingguys.nl. at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.